Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Go ahead and get your Bibles. Turn to Song of Solomon for me. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures before that, but go ahead and get ready for the word. We are in week two. Uh, week one, we talked about the laws of attraction. As God sees it, God's way is always the best way, always. And so we need to line our life up with the word of God. And whatever we've done to this point forward, let me just say this. God is a good God, full of grace and mercy, and Jesus says he makes all things new. Amen. And so if you're feeling condemned over any part of these series, it is not God doing that. It is the devil. So don't listen to him. He'll say, this is where you are and where you always will be. Now, we need the conviction of the Holy Spirit to show us where we are in life because the Holy Spirit will show us where we are. He'll say, here's where you are, but here's where you can be. And he'll always show you a way out. And we need that to happen in our lives. And so I just want to encourage you that we can start here from today and move life forward. These are great things. So last week we talked about attraction, um, God's order, spiritual attraction, emotional attraction, physical attraction. You can get that CD or go back and, and watch it online. But understand God's way always works the best. And I appreciate feedback. I've had a lot of positive feedback um, on that. Um, I don't read negative or anonymous. <laughs> so I'm just kidding. But uh, I appreciate you guys sharing things with me. In fact, I always appreciate feedback from the staff. And so that always blesses me. Number one, I know that they were in service and listening, and uh, that's good for them, and it blesses me. But in particular, this week, I had someone just really share something with, with really the staff that I just really felt, well, he got it, and revelation came to him, and so it really blessed my heart. I know it will bless all of you, and so I just want to share with you what he shared with us and some of the staff on the revelation that came to him from Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 5, and here it is, Dark Am I Yet Lovely by Pastor Dave. <laughs> Touched my heart. Some wonderful, beautiful. Thank you, Pastor Dave. Thank you so much. We're glad that God is speaking to you. <laughs> Amen. Hey, we got a great team to do life and ministry with, so we appreciate all that. That was a lot of fun. You, again, in chapter one, verse five. I've been laughing all week about that. I thought that was so great. So uh, we're going to take a look uh, today on the topic of dating and understand Song of Solomon is, is a progression. Uh, kind of a first meeting attraction, which was last week. And then they get into really liking each other. So they start dating or courting, whatever you want to say. And then they have a honeymoon, which is next week is the honeymoon. So it is about God's plan for sex and what God created it to be. And so then that's honeymoon next week, honeymoon night. And then um, the honeymoon's over and there's fighting and <laughs> there's conflict. And so the following week will be conflict. And then after that, there's, there should be a restoration and a, a deepening, maturing relationship. And so that's all in Song of Solomon. You can read all that out ahead of time. I would encourage you to. It is an allegory. It has a lot of symbolism, but I've done some of the legwork for you. I want to share what that means and hopefully give you some godly insight so we can get our life in line with the word. Um, again, that's kind of the order. So as you're planning on coming, you don't want to miss any if you, if you don't have to make plans to be here. Hear it all in its entirety. And especially today, today I would say it's probably the hardest one, maybe the one with the most pushback or possible pushback uh, because of the subject matter. Some of us have already been there, done that. Um, we're raising kids a certain way, so there's justification for how we're doing. I'm not here to say anything but the word of God. And I myself am trying to line my life up with the word. And uh, my daughters don't want me to mention them, but they are here on the front row. And um, <laughs> they are 15 and 14. And so I'm trying to find the truth in God's word also for our lives and apply it to us. I want them to have the best possible life God intended 
as we do for you, your family, those who are single, and then your teens and your kids. So a big topic for sure. I don't think the world is necessarily getting it right. I think God is always right. And I think that his word has a lot of positive things we can see. It is important because this is completely countercultural, um, And even to f- uh, Christian families, I'll be honest with you, and I deal with them on a regular basis in what I do. Uh, the dating model in the world today is not very biblical. And if you don't agree with me, just look at the fruit that it's producing. You can just look around and see what it's producing. We have a trail of, a trail of failed relationships. We have a generation of teenagers where 70% have sex before the age of 19. We have an extremely high divorce rate. And I believe a lot of that, if not most of that, is a result of our current cultural mindset on relationships. And I think it's what it's producing. And so again, God has a lot to say about it. Now you might say when I share things, especially if you're a bit younger than me, you might think, and I'm 47, but you might think at 47, I'm a little out of touch for things. I'm a little old fashioned. It's a different world. And I would say the Bible's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it changes not. And its principles are timeless. And I would also say, I just happen to believe that God knows more than our experts at Facebook, Google, TV, movies, and music. That's just my personal opinion, but I believe that. So don't shut me out this morning. Hang in there and hang in there for the series. And then you pray and see what God would have you and your family do. Let me give you a scripture. Um, I didn't ask you to turn there. You can stay in Song of Solomon, but Romans 12, two, New Living Translation says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. And how does he do that? By changing the way you think. We need to get our thinking in line with the word of God. And even in today's culture and world, it has infiltrated every area of our life and even in our churches. And we need to get rethink some things, I believe, and get back on track with God's way. So it's important for us to understand that. And really, uh, we have to have godly thinking as it relates to dating. <clears throat> because honestly, my observations have been in life that a lot of teens are just dating and doing it on their own, calling their own shots. I think parents don't even know what's going on half the time. They don't even know how many boyfriends, girlfriends are going through or having or anything like that. And the world's encouraging that. Don't tell your mom. Don't tell your dad or whatever. And, and, and the pattern of dating has set some things in motion that are very unhealthy for us. So teens are dating without adult involvement. They're making calls on their own. And I want to say this, and even when you are involved, and we'll get to the message, which will lead, this will lead us there in a moment, moment, but there's things that you need to understand of seasons of life. Now, we are spirit beings, and we are emotional beings, and we are physical beings, spirit, soul, and body. And we as parents will sometimes set some things in order or in place boundaries, physical boundaries, but understands there's still two-thirds of a person that sometimes you can't address with just physical boundaries. And so we're looking not necessarily at these ideas of boundaries and things as much as the seasons of life, right feelings in the right season, where I think we're operating with the right feelings mostly in the wrong season. And, and I think the Bible is very clear in Song of Solomon th- what that looks like and what we should be about. <clears throat> we have young men in there. I don't say it this way. I, I really feel for young ladies. I have two young ladies. I really feel for them because today in our world, our culture, we have young men in their 20s uh, live, live and playing video games all day and can't hold down a job. And that's kind of hard to say that and forgive me of that. But believe me, if people may not like me today, you will love me next week. I mean, you will, you will love that whole talk next week. Anyway, so uh, we have that. And, and girls, I know it's frustrating and hard for you. I mean, where's the mature men? Where's the godly men? And I know you can get uh, frustrated and you wait a while and things go on. And I just want to say, I was 29 when I got married. And I'm so thankful that I waited for the right one. Let me say, it is worth the wait. Whatever that time frame is for you, it is worth the wait. 
but our culture puts pressure on us and says that you need to grab what's there, honey, because nothing better is going to come along, right? And there's so much pressure, especially for our young ladies, and, and let's just say even this, at family gatherings. And some of you even hate going to family gatherings. You don't like Christmas because you don't want Aunt Martha coming and telling you, why aren't you married? Are you married yet? When are you ever going to get married? The clock is ticking, you know, or, or things like that. And, and she just is get, she's getting married. When are you getting married? And you just don't like that. And, and then you go and you, your best friend comes up and your best friend's getting married and all excited. And look, look at the ring on my finger. And you're trying to be excited for it, but you want to punch her in the nose and shove the ring down her throat or something. And I heard a pastor say this one time. Next time you're at the family uh, wedding and Aunt Martha looks over it and says, uh, uh, you're next. Then remember, next time you're at the family funeral, look over at her and say, you're next. (laughs) No, just kidding. Don't say that. Don't say that. It's terrible. Don't you dare say that. That would be horrible. You can think it, but you don't have to say it. Just repeating what another pastor said. Anyway, so I know it's... uh, I know it can be hard, I know, but I'm telling you, the truth and power of God's word will sustain you. So, um, and again, on the other side of that, you find blessing and benefit. So don't sacrifice, don't sell yourself short uh, for the sake of the pressure or, or something that you know, is not even necessarily in the line of God's will just for being that and being there. Um, I wanna let you know that uh, in Ecclesiastes 3.1, and they'll put that on the screen for you, stay in Solomon. Ecclesiastes uh, 3.1, Solomon wrote this book as well. And so he wrote the book, most of the book on wisdom, Proverbs. He wrote the book on love. It's interesting how those go together. And then he wrote this in Ecclesiastes, and it talks about timing, talks about seasons, how, how interesting how the Holy Spirit wove all that together. And he says this, there is a time for everything and a season. Say season. A season for every activity under the heavens. A season for every activity under the heavens. And that's what I want to focus on during today's message. There's a season for activity under the heavens or seasons when it's appropriate and seasons when things are inappropriate. And I believe in the area of dating, many people miss the season. Right feelings, wrong season. And it can create a lot of problems. Now parents, you'll understand this to some extent because we, we, we think of things in those terms some, because right now my kids are in, in school and this is an academic season. And so you understand this principle because every morning uh, during school days, you're getting your kids up and you're saying, you're going to school. You need to learn, you need to do your homework. And tomorrow morning, I'll be trying to get my girls up out of bed and get them to school. Sometimes I wanna say, can we just stay home today? And I'm like, no, you're going to school, why? Because this is an academic season for you and for at least 12 years, you're gonna go to school, do your homework and do your best. And then even maybe beyond that and learning, why? Because we wanna position them for the greatest success possible for the next 60 years of their life. Right? Every one of us will get our kids up, we'll get them to school, and we'll, we'll make sure that they have the tools and things that they need in this season of life. And if we do it and do it right, then they'll get the benefits and blessings for the next 60 years. Now, not everybody does this one, but I think it's just a great illustration and, and just as important. And I want parents to hear this one. Right now, parents, is a season for you to get your kids in church. Okay. It's a season for you to get your kids in church. On <laughs> and again, it is. While you have them, get them in church. And last I knew, you're the parent, they're the child. Get them in church. It's just as important as you getting them up for school every day. Think about it. We're talking about a spiritual investment. And so one day, they're not going to be in your house, or they're, they're going to be on their own, and you want them to make these kind of decisions. Well, get them there now. And it, we need to place just as much importance on getting our kids in church and in youth and children's ministry and all that throughout their, their growth process. We need to be about that. I, I never uh, 
never really understood it. My parents had us in church all the time until after the fact, now that I'm a parent, and I thank God for it, to be honest with you. And it really helped develop me and grow me. And so you need to get them there during the season. And we do this, again, in a lot of areas in the development of a young person, but I think it's the area of socialization or dating that we don't follow the principle of seasons very well. I thought it would be quiet like that when I was gonna say this, but I think it's the area of socialization and dating that we don't understand the seasons. And therefore, we have some of the problems we have. Uh, the culture says is this, start as soon as you can. Have a boyfriend, have a girlfriend, anybody at school you like, any girl there catch your eye. And then we even facilitate some of that. We do as parents sometimes, innocently perhaps, but we don't understand the season. Uh, and, or else we'll hear this a lot of time, the mindset of the world, have a bunch of relationships. Okay, son, but I don't want you dating just one girl. Don't get attached to just one girl. Don't get emotionally involved, just one girl. Date a whole bunch of them. I want you to give your heart away right now. Date them all, date as many as you can. If you don't like that one, find another one. You hear this all the time too. It's like, it's like I, I would rather that you just date a bunch of girls than one girl and, or, and that way you'll find out what you like or you'll find out what you like, what makes you happy. We hear that all the time. We see that in the world all the time. I deal with families and parents and people like that all the time. How are you gonna find out the one you want or what they're like unless you date a bunch of them? Have a bunch of them because one day you'll be tied down to the one for the rest of your life, right? We hear that all the time. But even as parents, we encourage our kids into those kind of scenarios and even sometimes facilitate them despite a proper season. And we wonder why we're in the mess we're in. Now listen, we have a 50% divorce rate in this country. And let me tell you why I think the biggest reason for that is. And I'm gonna go back to my sports because I think it's a great illustration. Well, I said this in sports, you play like you practice. So we have a whole bunch of immature relationships and people getting divorced because they still have an immature relationship because we started them out of season and we have a whole bunch that you didn't make me happy in dating and I got what I wanted out of you and I don't want to hear this. So I, when I'm married, I'm going to do the same thing intentionally, whether subconsciously or what. But what's happening is we're playing like we practice and it's not working. And that's not how God ever intended it to be. So again, I want you to know that there's no condemnation in here, however you grew up or came up. But listen, this is a place that Jesus makes all things new, amen? And we start from here forward. And, and, and I think it's important to understand the principles of the word. Right feelings, wrong season. So let's be aware of what God is trying to explain to us or present to us so we can get things in line and in order. And I wanna say this, my mom's here on the front row. My mom did a pretty good job, I think, with me, my mom and dad, in, in understanding this. I mean, when I was in school, it was uh, church first, and we were in church all the time. And you might say you're in church all the time because you're a pastor's kid. Well, before we became pastor's kids, we were in church all the time when my parents really were serving God. And then it was church all the time. It was that season to grow academically. It was do the best you can, facilitating opportunities, giving us the tools to grow academically, and then sports. And so I was involved in all three of those things. That was the season of life for me. In fact, some of you may uh, laugh a little bit at this or whatever, but I didn't actually even go on a date till my second semester of my senior year in high school, my mom's laughing, and my senior year, thanks mom, making me feel real good right now. Uh, my senior year in high school, my, my second half of my year, and that was only because I wanted someone to go to the Valentine's banquet with, go to the sports banquet with, and then to the prom with. And then after the fact, I thought, well, that was a waste of money. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. 
Uh, anyway, so, um, and I appreciate that in them. I, I mean, I appreciate that in them. That was my focus. That was the season. They made sure I was focused on the season that I was in. Now, after I graduated high school and was out on my own on my freedom tour, um, I, I did make some dumb decisions and stuff and things that I regret. But I'll say this. Thank you for the moral compass and boundaries because, I, honestly, I, I'm thankful I saved myself for my wife. Yeah. Amen? And she saved herself for me. So, again... Not perfect, not perfect, not perfect. No condemnation here. Jesus makes all things new, amen? But what that means for she and I, I'm the best she's ever had. Right. right. <laughs> we won't get into that next week, honey. I promise. Okay, all right. So no condemnation, Jesus makes all things new, but let's get things in line with the word. It'll save us a lot of heartache, heartbreak, and trouble down the road for sure. And so God has a lot to say about that. And so uh, let's go ahead and look at the three seasons this couple goes through. And I think we all go through the first one, um, but I'm not sure we all go through the next two. It's basically by choice, but let me give those to you and make sure that we have what God's saying and so we can make adjustments in our own life and start with the new. Okay, Song of Solomon, chapter two, verse eight says this, listen, my beloved, and this is her, listen, my beloved, look, here he comes, leaping across the mountains and bounding over the hills with the sound of music playing in the background. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, there he stands. Now listen to this. There he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice, and no, it's not peeping Solomon. He's looking for her, and they're in this season of here he comes. He's jumping and bouncing, coming to see me, coming to find me. And she says, my beloved spoke, and he said to me in a very Barry White voice, which I cannot duplicate, arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. You know, this whole thing. And it's this lovey-dovey, gushy-mushy kind of sappy kind of thing that's going on right here. And look at him bouncing across the mountains or whatever, and come with me, my darling, and Notice this, that both of them are blindly, madly in love. And this happens to everyone. And this season, we all do, is called the season of perfection. Calling it the season of perfection. And what I mean by this is we know when we've been there, you're perfect. Look at him bounding across the hills. Isn't he perfect? Isn't he dreamy? Looking how beautiful that my darling is. Come with me, you perfect one. You're Superman, or in this case, Super Stag. How would you like that shirt, right? You're Superman, Super Stag, bouncing across. And he's like, my beautiful one, come with me. Okay, married folks, you know I'm telling the truth. Feel free to amen at any time. But he ain't that perfect. She ain't that perfect. Good, good job, guys, seeing a little quieter on that one, right? Yeah, so, good job, all right. Hey, none of us are. None of us are. The problem with the first season is we think they are. Love is blind. And what dating promotes is I know better than you because he's awesome. I know better than you because she's perfect. But three chapters later, they have a big fight. And he's not perfect. And she's not perfect. And every married person in this room knows what I'm talking about. Now, the season teaches us something very, very important. Because you think he's perfect and he's not, then you can't trust you. Let me say that again. Because you think he's perfect and he's not, then really you can't trust you. Because you think she's perfect and she's not, then you really can't trust you. 
And that's the first season that we all find ourselves in sometimes. And so we're trying to facilitate relationships or encourage relationships in a season, right feelings, wrong season, because we can't trust ourselves. You don't see the real him or her. You haven't known them long enough. You haven't been around them long enough. And love is blind. And you need to be together long enough to see the imperfection. And I always smile when couples come to me and I talk to them and and premarital, whatever it is, and say, we never fight. We've never had a fight. And I like to say, you will. <laughs> right? I mean, not, not trying to declare something or speak something over them, but reality is, we will. You will. And love is not about found, finding a perfect person. It's about seeing an imperfect person perfectly through the eyes of God. Seeing an imperfect person perfectly through the eyes of God. You can't trust the season of perfection. So here's my advice in this season. Number one, limit your time. Limit your time. If you're dating, limit your time. Parents, limit their time. Because this is a season of perfect where that person is perfect and can do no wrong and love is blind. The worst thing to do in the season of perfection is go off alone together. You can't trust you because you seem as perfect. You have no business going off alone together. My daughters know this. I talk to them all the time about it. When we ever get, people ask me, how old are your daughters going to be when they date? I don't know. Whenever I feel that season is. And so we talk about it, but here's what I do know. Before they date, if a boy likes them, they will call me. They will call me. My girls know that. Boy says, hey, can we just, you call, call my dad. They know that we've had that discussion. And let me say this, the first dates will be with me at my house or with my wife. They will. Honey, stand up. Boys, here's the first date right here. And we are tons of fun. We are lots of fun. That's right. We are fun to be around. But that's, I don't know how many dates that is, but that, I mean, that's a lot of them. Because this is a season of perfect, and you ain't, and she ain't, and we know it. We know that. So be a lot of dates with mom and dad, because hey, one day we may end up marrying them too. That's what happens, right? I spend a lot of time together. And then the other thing I would say in that time, don't let them go off alone, it's you go in groups, go in groups. As we find out who's gonna be there, where you're going, what's the plan, when are you gonna be home, who's gonna be there, all that kind of stuff. And so why? Because it's a season of perfect. Man, we just, we send them off. Oh, isn't that cute? No, it doesn't say cute. Listen, we have to understand in the season, we have to be very careful. Limit the time, limit the time. And um, in the, the seasons, limit your time. Okay, also in this season of perfect, limit your talk. Limit your talk. We're saying I love you is way too soon. And you're the one for me, baby. You don't even know them. And you think they're perfect. And you may see something down the road that you will not say I do to. And I hope, I hope if that's not the one for you, that's the case. But listen, the more and more we talk like that, and I'm not just talking. And listen, we, we let our kids stay on the phone forever. And we don't, but people, culture lets their kids stay on. Talking all night, yep, talking all night on the phone, the two in the morning or whatever, whatever. And then what about today? Texting. What about texting? What about all that? Hey, you can get emotionally attached by texting. Emails, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Uh, all kinds of things. Snapchat, my wife's giving me charades. Snapchat, I don't even know them all. Well, we're gonna educate you. We're looking at someone to come in and share with us all those things and the dangers of it and, and how to monitor that. Why? Because it's the season of perfect for too many and they're getting attached when they have no business doing that. Limit your talk. We're saying too many I love yous early and we have a lot of wounded hearts. And some of you know that very well. Some still think about that first love years later and a broken heart. And so there's so many things that we have to be mindful of. Right feeling, 
wrong season and it's dangerous. So limit your time, limit your talk. And then thirdly, limit your touch. And that's a bit obvious, but limit your touch. I had this talk with my oldest daughter. We went and did the true love weight thing. Her, her and I did. Jessamine and her talk about all that all the time. We talk about some of those things. I'm getting ready to have that with my uh, youngest daughter here soon. Uh, the true uh, love weight things and have that talk. And it's uncomfortable, but listen, the world is getting, uh, uh, the, getting first place in some of that stuff. And we need to get it back. The, wor- the world is programming our kids and our minds. We need to reset it and coming in. And, and, and getting their opinion in the things. And we need God's word. And here's the thing for me, and, and being, having been at that age, a point in time, especially when it comes with my daughters, listen, I know how it works. I know how it works. I know when the boy comes over to the house, he's gonna have a nice, fresh, cool haircut, just gone and got his haircut, looking good. I know he's gonna wear the clothes his mama picked out for him so he looks sharp and not like a bum or a slob. And I know he's gonna be soaked in Axe body spray, right, all over him. <laughs> And I would say to you, save it. We don't even like it. And you're going to be dating Jessamy and I for a while anyways. <laughs> and I know the girl's going to be looking fine and getting all fixed up, makeup and all that kind of stuff. Hey, listen, so you don't need to be close to each other. It's hard to not touch when you're alone, when you're talking all the I love you's and stuff all the time. And then you put them together. I'm telling you, we have to make some changes in our world today. You know, you have to have these discussions And when in this season of perfect, you just can't trust you. They're not as perfect as you think they are. The next season, Song of Solomon 2, 11 through, read through 13, 11 through 13. See the winter is past, the rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. The fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. Now, listen to this season. If you guys wouldn't mind, go back to verse 11 for me. Winter is past. That speaks of seasons. Winter is past. Now, it's important to understand what he's saying here. They highlighted the fact that they had spent winter, already spent winter together, and winter has passed. Here's what winter is. It's a season you don't go outside much, and you focus on inside things. And if you don't believe that, then go up to New Hampshire and Maine for a little bit and see how much time you spent outside or inside. But nonetheless, it's an inside thing, focusing on the inside. Now, uh, we had a, a guy, a wonderful man in the church that so blesses our family. He comes and takes care of our yard just out of the kindness of his heart, sowing that into my family. We just appreciate him so much. And he told me the other day when we were gone, he came by and put winter fertilizer on our lawn. And I'm like, oh, great. I really know what that does, but it sounds cool. <laughs> and uh, so he said, well, listen, here's what, here's what it does. It's going to get those roots strong and ready for the spring. So he didn't put it on there so my yard would turn green in the winter because it doesn't. It's dormant. Things lie dormant there. But what it does, it feeds the roots. So in the winter season, you need to be feeding your roots. In that season, you need to be building who you are. You need to become the one you're looking for. You need to become the one you're looking for. So when spring comes and season changes, then you're ready for that. You're ready for that next season. Listen, understand something that we need to be focused on building ourselves. We need a winter season where we're not focused on finding the right person, but being the right person, becoming the right person. Focus on you. I'm going to get some things right in my life. I'm going to get some things right in me. And listen, I talk to couples and people all the time and dating or whatever places and dating relationships and older and younger. And I look at some of them and I say, you have no business right now focusing on another person. You need to focus on you. You need to get some things right in your life. You need to get some things first fixed in you. You need to focus on those. You need to have a winter season. You're not ready for springtime yet. We're talking about managing the seasons. 
We're not even talking about managing the ages, I'm talking about managing the seasons in some regard. And so they understood the seasons. And really it's a season most people eliminate. And you know, it says in verse 12, I, I, I'm, a season of singing has come. It means I can go somewhere now, I'm ready. I, I can do something, I'm a candidate for marriage now. Let's look at verse 14. He says this, my dove in the clefts of the rock in the hiding places on the mountainside. This is her, show me your face. He's in the hiding place on the mountainside, show me your face. Let me hear your voice for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. You know what she's saying right there or what's being said right there? They're focusing on character. It went from him jumping in a, a super stag across the mountains and my beautiful one to your voice is sweet and your, and your face is lovely. They're talking about character now. They're, they're talking about character traits and how they've grown themselves and, and what's being displayed and portrayed in life. They spent time, they're building character qualities. So that second season is a season of preparation. It's a season of preparation. Not everybody goes through this one. In fact. People probably, probably try to avoid this one a little bit, but season of preparation. This is not the time, and listen, and we get it all mixed up. This is not the time to drink everything, smoke everything, kiss everything, sleep with everything so you can know what you want. It's a time that's the most serious time in your life, and you need to prepare you. You need to prepare to be the one you're looking for. So how would they prepare in this season, in that culture, the dad of the groom would go to him and say, it's time to prepare a huppa. It's time to build a huppa. And what a huppa was, it was the man's first house, the groom's first house. So the dad's saying, it's time for you to build your first house during this season. And if the groom was ever asked, when are you getting married? He would respond, only my dad knows. And his dad would inspect what he was building and if it was good, his dad would say, you're ready. Understand the season of preparation. And that's what he was doing when it says hiding in the cleft of the rock. That's what he was doing. Where, where were you hiding in the rock? He was in a season of preparation. And, he, and, and the women would be closely guarded by her mother. The woman would be closely guarded by her mother. And even the friends would get involved and they would protect the couple from doing anything inappropriate. Boy, isn't, don't we need friends like that in the world today? That's not the culture of the world. What are you waiting for? That's not the locker room talk. They get teased about it. When are you going to become a man? When you become a woman? And you, that's, you need some better friends, right? A lot of people need friends to help guard their relationship. And really, honestly, right here, this illustration about their friends, his friends were supposed to help him stay pure. Her friends were supposed to help her stay pure. That's where we get bridesmaids and groomsmen. I don't even know you think where that comes from. It wasn't just an idea one day. Let's get a bunch of guys together, stand up here with me wearing tuxes. Let's get a bunch of girls in nice dresses and holding bouquets. No, it was the men and women that, that purpose and committed to help keep them pure and not violate anything until their honeymoon night, until their married night. It's not like we're just standing up there with my cousin's cousin, third person, and they had me in a wedding and need to be up there and my best friend in first grade or, or you know, this kind of thing and, and they, you know, whatever, went on a road trip together. It's not that at all. We need to get back to what it's supposed to be. It's the men that help keep the man pure and say, don't do that. Don't you rush her. Don't you take her to that place. Don't you violate her. And it's the women that would say, don't go there with him, go with us instead. Don't go there, that's just temptation. Hey, stay with us, don't go there. That's the people that we need to surround ourselves with. That's the people we need around our young people that will say, no, don't give it up now. Don't do that, don't give in to that now. Keep it, save it for the wedding night. Save it until you guys are together for the first time. That's a bridesmaid and a groomsman. 
Now, again, if that's not your story, no condemnation here. Jesus makes all things new. But let's get our life lined up with the word. Let's make different choices. Let's think differently now. And let's have some of these things in place for our kids or grandkids or whoever we have influence with. It's lost its meaning today. They're the ones that are helping protect their friend. Don't go that far. Don't do that. And so when you stand up there on the wedding day, you really are bridesmaid. You really are groomsmen who protected the relationship. Let me give you three characteristics real quick of this season of preparation. Standards were extremely high. In the season of preparation, standards were extremely high. Hey, our standards are extremely too low. Our culture and our world today. We allow, listen, we allow, we laugh at, and we even celebrate ridiculous things, inappropriate things. We're watching things on TV that are so inappropriate, but because they make us laugh, we think it's okay. We have our teenagers sit down with us and watch stuff that they have no business, you don't have business watching, but you're laughing, having a good time, and not worried. Hey, listen, we're celebrating some of that stuff. This is funny, check this out. And it's not, it's not funny when the consequences on the other side of that could be what they can be today. We need to have higher standards for what we're watching, looking at, listening to, hanging out with all that kind of stuff. And we, we tell our young people, here's what we tell, here's what culture tells our young people, have a designated driver, use protection. Hey, listen, I have a standard a little bit higher than that. Let me tell you this morning, just to be honest with you, I have a standard higher than that one. And kids go off to college and they binge drink and they lose their virginity and it's viewed as a rite of passage. Did you become a man? Go off and become a man. We need to become men before we go to college. Are you a woman yet? And our culture celebrates that. And it's mixed up and perverted. And that's why we have some of the problems that we have. And again, Jesus makes all things new. I'm gonna gonna use this illustration real quick. Okay, I heard this, I thought it was really powerful. You know what guys, dads? Listen, honestly, in our world today, the culture today, if a young man was to come to you and ask to borrow your car, you had a nice car, good car, you really liked it, it's pretty, good, nice, new, took care of it. Hey, can I borrow your car? Where are you gonna go with it? How long are you gonna be gone? How fast are you gonna drive? You better bring it back full, and there better not be a mark on it or there'll be a mark on you, <laughs> right? Hey, why don't we have at least the same standards for our daughters, right? Where are you gonna go? Where are you going to go? How long are you going to be gone? You better not drive it fast. You better not go too fast. You better bring it back fuller. And you better not, there better not be a mark on her. So it's, what happened? So we, we place greater value on some things sometimes than, and our daughters or our sons for that matter. And we need to get our standards higher. Standards were high. Families were involved. Another characteristic, families were involved. Well, pastor, and you might say, and man, my heart goes to you, you might say, I don't have a good family. And I would say, yes, you do. You have a church family here that loves you and believes God's best for you. And we want to stand with you and walk through this with you. You need to go to your youth pastor. You need to go to your small group leader, a life group leader. You need to go to those who you serve with. Listen, that's why you need to go sign up because you need a family support. You need to be in a life group because when you're, in, you're dating or you have a child dating, you need support to help you and you need to be the support to somebody else. You have a church family. You need to be a, in, involved in a part of that. You need to get around people that you can ask for help and they'll ask you for help. It's important to involve people. And the third characteristic, access is conditional. You can see her if... I mean, we just loosely turn loose our kids for any little thing. Listen, you can, you can do this, or you can see here if you memorize the first four books of the gospel of the New Testament. All right, all right, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'm just kidding. Memorize the first, memorize the Ten Commandments, you can come over to our house. <laughs> but 
seriously, we need to have conditional access. Just don't turn loose. Just don't give up. Too many things can happen. So we want the best for their lives. And so again, if we want God kind of results, we need, to, we need God kind of standards. Amen? God kind of standards. And let's start from this day forward. Let's let the Lord give us a blank page and do better from this place on. So Solomon speaks up, verse 15, chapter 2, 15. Now listen to this. This is Solomon speaking. This is the man, the man speaking that everybody wants, the most eligible bachelor on the planet, the wisest, richest, most powerful bachelor on the planet. It's a man speaking. He says this, catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. What did I say last week that vineyards stood for in Song of Solomon? Our bodies. Our bodies. Let's read it that way. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin our bodies, our bodies that are in bloom. And it means exactly what you think it means and it is as graphic as you think it is. We may not go all the way, let's say, but we're trying to walk as close to that line as we possibly can. And Solomon is saying, don't do that. Let's not go there. Let's not put ourselves in a position to go there. Let's save all that for marriage. And all if we had some young men that would stand up and say to their sweet thing, we're not going there until we get married, honey. I don't care what you think. I don't care what the boys say in the locker room. I don't care what people do on TV. We're not going there. And let me say this, young men, I put the, the greatest burden of responsibility on you. But ladies, you need to stand up and say, uh-uh, we're not going there. We're not going to let the foxes come in and spoil nothing. We're saving this to marriage because you better believe the foxes are going to be coming in and trying. You know what that way it's talking about? Uh, before the, the vines would come to uh, fullness, uh, the grapes rather would come to fullness, it had little blooms and then young fruit and the foxes would come and eat all that. And it never got to its fullness. And so Solomon is saying, we're not going to do that. We're not doing that. Again, I'm glad that Jesus makes all things new. Amen. We're going to make sure that we get things in line with the word now and move forward. And and I love that that Solomon initiated that. And let me just say this. We're looking for ways, and you'll see this year, we're looking for ways to equip you, equip our young men, equip our young ladies this year, classes and things and life groups. We're looking for ways, parents, to equip you. In fact, one of the things I've told my staff this week is we need to find, um, we need to establish a class that will teach parents how to talk to their kids about sex. I mean, the passport to purity or true love waits and how do we do that? That's an intimidating thing. I'll be honest with you, for me even, and I have access to all that. Listen, we're going to do things. Why? Because it's worth it. There's too much at stake here. And so we just need to rethink things and get our thinking in line with the word of God instead of the mindset of this world. And we're going to look at ways to help come alongside and support you in that. I mean, our young men need to stop the foxes. Take a stand. Last season to go after, not many follow this one. Season three, season of purity, a season of purity. It's where we say, I'm going to hold to a standard. It's where we say, I'm going to hold to a standard. Listen, the reality of this world, of our generation, of our culture, the reality is we live in a world where 60% of men and almost as many women look at inappropriate things on TV, internet. And listen, today, it's a part of our generation, not excusing it or justifying it, but the reality is it's everywhere. It's on TV, it's in movies, it's on the internet, it's in social media, it's on mobile devices, it's on gaming systems, it's out there. It's out there. It's out there. It's a reality of our generation. So let's find ways to get accountable, to help. Let's get together. Let's not be embarrassed to talk about it. 
Let's be more proactive on it. Let's be more vocal about it. Let's be more intentional about it, targeting that. It is something that marks our generation today. We need to get into this season of purity. On the other side of it is peace. On the other side of it is freedom. On the other side of it is God's blessing. It's worth it. Let's look at uh, chapter three, verse one. Song of Psalm three, one through four. All night long on my bed, I looked for the one my heart loves. I looked for him, but did not find him. I will get up now and go about the city through its streets and squares. I'll search for the one my heart loves. So I looked for him, but did not find him. The watchmen found me as they made their rounds in the city. Have you seen the one my heart loves? Scarcely had I passed them when I found the one my heart loves. I held him and would not let him go till I had brought him to my mother's house, to the room of the one who conceived me. And she's talking about there, she's talking about I, when I found him, we've been separated and I long for him. I love him, but I'm committed to purity. I took him the first time we saw each other. We went to my mother's house. We're committed to purity, not going off alone, not going somewhere where something can come in and we could violate anything. They had a commitment to purity. I'm asking everyone to listen to this and have some conversations, adopt some principles and Hey, let's be real and let's do it right. I'm going to give you this last scripture. It appears four times in the Song of Solomon. We read it at the close of last week. It's closing us out this week. Let's read verse five. Daughters of Jerusalem, everyone watching, everyone gathered watching this relationship, I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. Do not arouse or awaken love until it's season. Don't arouse those things that are saved for marriage until you're married. Right feelings, right season. If we can work on getting the seasons right, we can save a whole lot of mess in our world today and in our lives and in our young people. And God has a way. Again, he has a way of making all things new. He has a way of forgiveness and giving you a clean slate. He has a way of empowering you by the Holy Spirit if you'll take him at his word and walk out the principles of, your, of his word. And listen, there is no condemnation here. Let's make some better choices from here forward. And if you've been in or are in sin, then acknowledge it to God. And allow him to cleanse you and forgive you and then make better choices. Let's let God transform us by the way we think. Let's all stand to our feet. God is a good and faithful God. And and he loves you and we love you. And we want to do everything within our power to help you. And yes, we love to come alongside of you and help you through mistakes and wrong choices and sin. We, We like to be there to help pick up the pieces. But oh, would we like to help you avoid some of those things in your life. And thank goodness that we have a church and a team and a staff here and life groups and all those things in place to help you. But let's, let us help you be proactive and put some things in place to avoid some of these choices. Hey, listen, we love you. We're for you. No condemnation here. Amen. But let the Holy Spirit bring things that you need to deal with and give it to God. And let's move forward. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.